search. Each man different, living his own way, searching, discovering numero uno. Welcome everyone to another episode of Broken by Concept podcast show league of legends solo cube buzzwords improvement three block process yes i love focus those buzzwords. on reviewing focus on your own mistakes end of review get into the details love it um welcome to the show um where i want to start with a bit of a, an anecdote a bit of a story here story time again story time with curtis that's right sit around the campfire so curtis talking about his league of legend adventures that's right um so with the other program um mid lane school below goal program one of the things that tim and i have been doing is basically creating kind of champ guides right for every of each one of these kind of approved champions and um Basically, you know, there's like a handful of lessons covering each of the, the aspects of that champion. And then at the bottom of each of them, I'm doing live commentaries of each of those champions. Okay. And I've done them for, I think, Luck so far, Echo, and I think another champion. And I decided I wanted to do ASOL, right? Now, initially, I thought I was going to record um, these live commentaries on a way lower ELO account to actually because I thought that it would be more realistic to what they experience. Upon doing that, I've realized that that's not really the way to go because it's too stompy as well. And it's it's actually opposite to realistic because I'm getting ridiculously fed and it's really hard to kind of take your foot off the gas if you see an opportunity, you know? And so I decided to actually play each and every, you know, these champions in a higher ELO account. So this account that I've been playing on for uh, this champion specifically, ASOL, was around uh, Master to MMR. Now, I hadn't ever probably played Aurelian Soul. Like, I, I knew what the kit did. I knew kind of what its identity was and everything. But in order to play a champion at a master tier level, it requires, especially doing live commentary, it, it was quite difficult. Live commentary in your games is just so hard. It's very, very hard. It's a skill. Yeah. And it's a skill that I'm trying to develop because yeah. I think it's very useful to show all of these fundamentals or principles that we're talking about in the guide itself yeah. in the gameplay, right? It's the best right? way. It's a great you way to You just got to show it. If you can't show yeah. it, then you can't teach it. It's no. very, very simple. Yeah. And so ultimately, you know, I embarked on that journey and um, I got humbled. Playing Aurelian Soul, even in Diamond, is yeah. Diamond in, you know, in Os. Yeah not the highest level of play. I was struggling. It wasn't even doing that well. Like a lot of my games, like I was, I was, I think I was like probably going 50, 50, like winning some, losing some. And it was actually quite difficult. And I realized, okay, there's something I don't understand about this champion. And a lot of the narratives started popping up. Oh, this champion shit. It's because it really is opposite to my style. ASOL being a lot more conservative scale oriented. I'm the sort of player that really likes to kind of push the pace of the game, I guess, either dominate lane or shove and roam, either, either one or the other. This was opposite. You don't really win lane and you don't really shove and roam. You've got to kind of kind of scale a little bit. And so all the narratives start coming in my head. Oh, this champion, who, why would I play this champ? Blah, 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 These blah, blah. little skirmishes popping up and you just go to the fight. You're level four. You're just useless. Well, one of the most common uh, little narratives is if only I was X champion. Yeah, that's right. That's the best If one. only I was Rumble or Galio. <laughs> this or, would be so much easier. This game would be so much easier. Why am I playing this shit champion? champion right the yeah. narratives they come up right they come up not just with you guys they come up with us as well um kind of you looped you in there but at least for me I mean, i've talked about my rex <laughs> narratives they pop up all the time why am i playing this champ what's going on right and sometimes it sounds really fun it's like oh yes i'm playing the champ really well now Woo-hoo, i'm actually playing the proper the way i want to play i'm doing things that i think that are good but it's actually not good you know review the goddamn game and so 
Yeah, so, so something was missing. Something wasn't clicking. I, like, like, I'm like, okay, if I'm a challenge, I'm like on my main 1100 LP and I'm struggling in Diamond, this, n even if the champion isn't amazing for solo queue, there's something that is going terribly yeah, wrong. Terribly Something's going really wrong yeah, here. There's no way you're 1100 LP less than your skill level. No, that's, that's something going very, very wrong <laughs> yeah. there, right? And, and I thought I was playing well. I thought I was playing good League of Legends. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. It looks so good. That's a red flag. If you think yes. you're playing good League of Legends yes. and you're not winning the game consistently, nah. then you are doing you're something, something wrong. You're missing time. something. So, what it, might, I, it might be something little, right? It could be something little, which is what we're going to get into here. So I'm like, hey, you know what? I got to do some investigation. So like I recommend to other people, what's the, what's a great thing to do? Watch One Tricks play the champion. So I go on YouTube, I type in uh, Challenger, Aurelian, or One Trick, you know, start to do a little bit of research and, uh, you know, stumble across like a, I think it was like a Grandmaster NA ASOL One Trick and kind of like a streamer. So I went on to his Twitch looked at some of his previous VODs, just started watching his gameplay, just sat there watching his gameplay. What is he doing different to me? And I do the classic technique, which I watch it, I pause it, and I'm like, what would I do here? And then I play it out and see what they would do. And I did this. I spent, I think I spent about an hour or so just watching, skimming through his VODs. And I was looking for ability usage. How is he navigating the lane? What setup is going, but why is he trying to do it? What's he trying to get done here? What is he trying, trying to figure to out his intentions? Trying to, so yeah, and trying to really put myself in issues. What is he trying to do here? Why? And obviously he's doing something that is working because he's, you know, Grandmaster in, in NA, a lot higher than, you know, me playing in Diamond right here. I want to uh, emphasize as well, you're watching obviously his point of view. His right? point so of view. This yeah. is just for me stream. It's really important to see literally their, you, you, can, you can know about people's intentions so much more by looking at them actually play their screen and their clicks and all that sort of stuff rather than watching like a replay like pop up. Like right. there's lots of content on YouTube about the, there's lots of videos with the replays. Yeah, but it's, it's very so much hard. harder to it's find people's harder. intention because that's what you're, you're looking right. for, their intention. What, yeah, what information are they prioritizing? What exactly are they doing? And you know, I'm getting into this and obviously he's still making mistakes, but he's making, he's doing things that are really interesting. Oh, wow, I never would have used my W like that. Oh, interesting. I never would have used my R like that. And there were certain things that he was doing. I'm like, hmm, okay, that's interesting. So I start to play around with these ideas. So specifically what he was doing very differently to me, he was a lot more aggressive with his double usage in the early game. So one of the things that I, I just, just copied, right? This is what we say, just literally copy it. Even if you don't understand, it was like, he was, uh, when the enemy was using their CCB, let's say you're versing an Ari, and Ari misses charm. He was literally just Wing and then queuing, which is the, the, the if you don't play ASOL, that's like the laser beam thing, and just chasing them down and taking really good trades, like these really great trade windows. So that was an aspect of the early land that I was missing. In the mid game, he was very, there was a simple thing, which is um, he was a lot more patient with his W, which is the, the, again, the Ws, that's the thing that kind of like, puts you in that terrain scaling mode, right? You kind of fly over shit. And he was a lot more patient. There's a few tidbits there with W usage, Q usage, R usage. And I started, you know, playing around. I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Testing. And boom, everything started to click. Everything, like these little things made a massive difference in my gameplay. I went from struggling to smurfing literally instantaneously and by smurfing i mean literally that i'm dominating like we're talking 15 17 16 18 kills a game boom boom in a row no matter how bad the early game is the skirmishing difference was night and day it doesn't matter what situation i'm in i can be impactful and i can make that game very very easy to win for myself just like that 
And, w- and I was thinking to myself after this, I'm like, wow. And and by the way, I was streaming this in my MLS Discord. And even the guys watching, Nerthy was watching. He's like, I was watching you two days ago struggling. How did you turn this around? How did so you now quickly? go How's from literally losing most games to mm. now literally dominating mm. in high Elo games? Mm. What the hell happened? Mm. I said, it was just a lot of little things. Mm. And the reason I'm telling this story, guys, is because no matter how good you are, no matter what, you know, no matter what rank you're at, even for me, what like how important champion mastery really is, and this is the this is the kicker. Small details in League of Legends add up big time, and it's hard to really, I guess, articulate until you feel it. And so, I never would have thought, like, I, I genuinely thought the champion. I, was, I thought I was playing good League of Legends. That's the really really important thing because people come to us, they think they're playing perfect League of Legends, they think they're playing really good, and they actually probably are playing solid. But there's just a few little things missing. You need to polish up. You just got to polish up, but make uh, what's the word? Dispropor- have disproportionate results on your gameplay. An example of this in other champions is Talon being that little bit more patient in your engages with 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 your with your terrain scaling. Being a little bit more intentional with your tr- getting into a better position in a team fight. With with Ari being that little bit extra patient with your charm. With with uh, LeBlanc holding that 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 chain just that little bit longer or optimizing that combo just a little bit. These little things have huge balloon effects on the outcome of your game. And do you feel like that's always something, I mean, we talk about that a lot on the podcast and we're emphasizing mm. it now. It's always something I'm trying to feel like I'm trying to prove to my, like there's not much proof, but I, I'm trying to really, I, I feel like sometimes just people like they understand it, but they don't really understand it. Well, yes, but I even, I think for me, I hadn't done that in a while. I even, I forgot it. Like I knew of it, yeah. But I was. Yeah, it's I, easy to forget, isn't it? I caught myself because you get guard. stuck in ruts. You get dude. stuck. Yeah. You get and again, stuck. you think that you're playing well. You think the moment you're playing you, well, the moment you think ego, you're playing well, your ego is going to block any learning. Exactly, happening. your ego blocks your learning. Because I was at a phase in that where I'm like, like there was there was a kind of again the angel and the devil on my shoulder. One of them was saying, Curtis, you're playing good enough. Your teammates are bad. Your champs are shit. <laughs> your, you know, that's just the champs' limitations. Yeah. That's that. That voice is there. Yeah. The other voice is saying, "But what else exists? What else is out out there?" And and so you got to genuinely drop that ego. Be genuinely curious. Because if if I came into the vod with not a curious mindset, watching that streamer, I wouldn't have spotted those little details, and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, whatever." But if you're actually extremely logical, there is someone here playing at a much higher level with success. And you're in a much lower level failing. That is not luck, right? You can't get lucky like that. There is obviously something he is doing with that champion that you're not. You either have the balls to look at it or not look at it. It's really that simple. You either want to face the truth and be honest with yourself and and get into those details or not. And that is a simple thing, but it's hard to do for a lot of people. And even for myself, I'm looking at it, I was like... I feel like an idiot now. I feel like an idiot for even thinking that I was playing well now, knowing what I know now. So, so the mindset here that I want to get across is like, no matter how good you think you are at a champion, there is always another level. So many extra levels. There's always another level. Even if you don't see it now, it's like, there's, I, again, you imagine that you're like at a beach and there's stuff under the surface. You just got to keep scanning your, the metal detector. There's stuff there. You may not see it, right? But it's there. I guarantee you there is something there, no matter how small. And those small things pay dividends i want to talk about bad habits with champ mastery i have speaking of our below goal programs my soul to academy 
I had uh, a recently um, a, heck, a player that was playing. He was sort of lost confidence on his Hecarim, and he played out the chance. But he, this guy had a hundred games on Hecarim, and I wanted him to play another Hecarim game. I did some like I, I was in the Discord, and he was playing. I just hopped in and just watched his gameplay. I was doing sort of some live coaching, and. Uh, I was telling him to do these things about here, Hecarim, like hold your E here, use your R here. Even though I was telling them here, because, you know, when fights happen, we always default to our subconscious, right? He had really bad habits of still pressing that. Even though I told him literally like, this is what you, all the videos, all the material there, he's even watched it. And what I sort of said to him at the end of the, I'm like, okay, you have a hundred games of Hecarim here. But what I just saw, we're starting from zero again like you're basically at scratch and he's a hundred games of hecarim guys so it's very easy to think you know you played a lot of games you got those mastery points but it's champ like literally winning games with your champion being consistent improving seeing the next level of your champion is a whole different story so just it's so important guys really important and i think why that can even exist though by the way is that again we talk about it you're either this it's an oversimplification but there is your there is a champ mastery related skill set. So there's like one skill set on one side, which is your your champion mastery, and on the other side, there's you getting better at the game holistically, right? So like your fundamentals. Say you're in, mm. in case of jungle, jungle mm. fundamentals. Mm. Maybe your your mental stack, your comfortability with the mm. champion, being able to process more information, being more aware of the mini map. What might happen, and this is I think why a lot of people get into this 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 uh, get stuck and they don't level up their champ mastery, is that they get their champ mastery to a level where it's good enough, right? It's okay. But then what happens, they are actually winning games, not because of their champ mastery, but because of yeah, their game, game understanding. Yeah. And they are maybe actually getting better yeah. at the game aspect of things, which may be even pushing up your rank, but your champ mastery is actually not going anywhere. When in reality- you eventually, that tapers off that plateaus and then that's you, need right. the, you need the champ mastery to catch up. You need up. to go back. You need Exactly. It's, it's a tug of war. It yeah. actually is a tug of war. And that's exactly what the solo queue journey is, right? It's- you're, simul- you're, you're having to improve at your game and understanding your win conditions, your assessment of your role in the composition. Playing League of Legends. Playing League of Legends, mechanics and all that stuff. Denying gold, diving. That's right. And then there's actually the champ mastery related stuff. It's very easy to get complacent with that champ mastery stuff because a lot of the time you can get that baseline level with that champ mastery. Let's like cover the major 20 percenters and then you're not pushing the envelope there, you know? I think a really common one for lane as well would be I can play a champion and like comfortably get through lane phase and like get 10 CS a minute, but we're not playing the champion right in terms of fights. Yes, and like, and so common. Fights and in terms of like, you know, skip these waves to impact the map, you know, like like use your champion. Like let's say, for example, an Annie who getting 10 CS a minute, like, dude, Roman just dive body, you win the game. You know what I mean? Just skip two waves, you get way, way more for that, you know? So 100% I think agree. it's so easy to... Ch- and that's the thing, you know, with stats and stuff, you can get tricked like mm. so easily. Mm. Like, you know, like those, like, we, we never talk about like, uh, like you know, those analytical sites like Porofess on the mm. stats and stuff. I mean, mm. we've never used that to improve in our gameplay or our clients. Well, look, I think... They, they're tricked. Don't you think they're tricked? Like, I think they can be used very strategically though. Again, the way I view them is that they're a compass. They point you in the right direction. There, there is information the there. They're not the whole picture, right? No. It will give you, like, if it might say something, like, some of them are actually quite sophisticated. They'll tell you, like, you're dying a lot in 1v1s and duels. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Or you're dying a lot in team fights, yeah. or you're, uh, you're, you're always, you're behind in gold versus your counterpart or like there are specific stats that require, then you got to do more investigation. Oh, well, why is that the case? And then, you know, again, that doesn't mean you're bad at 1v1. It could be many things, right? So again, I used, like, I personally don't think they're necessary, but they can be a great, 
I guess, rough compass to point you in the right direction, I believe anyway. But I don't think, by by no means are they necessary. I think if you're curious in the review, you're going to spot this stuff anyway, yeah. right? Um, on that topic though, um, you know, Nathan, we, we, we contra- not contra- I guess, we, we can sound very contradictory on this podcast. We say things like, end a review at one death but then but you got to keep trying what's the next objective you got to be trying right yeah or um you know another one is the early lane is the most important thing but you can still win the game like things like that are really important yeah and this is so so in league what we've what we found and both kind of stumbled across stumbled into sorry from our respective roles is that you know yes the early game is the most important for setting the stage right it basically sets you up for the game the first 14 minutes whatever but you can make you can you can, if you're good at fighting with your champion and you know what your role is and you know how to just to make just pilot your champion well in fights you can make up for a lot of shit you said you see that with Guerrillian soul you were doing yep. pretty average to shit early games and because well. you had really good champ mastery you'll be good team fighting good positioning and finishing with 18 kills you can make up for a lot of shit and and this is the thing i feel like i've messed up massively in the past especially with some of my og clients i've really pushed the significance of having a consistent early game but to the point where now they're a perfectionist with the early game and then they mm. won't get into the mid-game yeah. details i get into those ruts in my gameplay all the time yeah straight up like I, I i have awesome early games i'm actually sort of known in solo queue good early games or i just straight up lose the early game. i mean in straight up lose the game because i have no mid game because my champs just well i feel like you've gotten better at that though but yeah i've gotten better at that I or like you've improved on that yeah or um uh yeah i have a really good early game but then i just forget how to fight with a champion and i just lose a fight for my team you right know? yeah i think you, you have made progress though which is a good sign i think a year ago you were your mid game was quite atrocious fighting other. wise. Yeah. But I think your fighting has gotten a lot better. I think you're more intentional with your fighting now, which yeah. is good. Yeah. Um, which actually leads me onto a such a, a great segue here. Um, one of my, my tidbits this week, so I had a, a coaching session with THT and and he said, Curtis, I'm at this plateau here and I and I feel like again something's off and I'm kind of going backwards even, right? And I'm going through his gameplay and, you know, there's mistakes here and there. And I asked him a question. I said, what's your pool? And he says, I'm only kind of playing two champions. But then I asked him a second question, which is, what is the ratio of like, how much do you play one of them versus the other? And I think he played Victor and Zed. He said 90% Zed, oh, so 90% Victor and 10% Zed. Now, this is a phenomenon and this is, I really want to kind of push this out there. Again, one of those very nuanced takes that can sound contradictory. Playing a lot of one champion is very good for champ mastery. There's no doubt about that. That allows you to, to, to figure out things about a champion that you never would have found out. Being in lots of different situations, build that muscle memory up, understand matchups, understand how to win games in different circumstances. There's a lot of positives, right? But what I've realized both in myself and other clients is that there is a point in which you can play too much of a champion. Yes, absolutely. Right? And so for me... You had your RE, remember? Exactly. Yeah. So so for me, it's a number. I've actually got it pretty nailed Ooh. in right now. Like for me... Do share. I can play a champ about 60 to 70-ish games straight with... And I'm actually playing, I'll get better and better and better. Mm-hmm. And that when I, that's when I kind of reach my peak, like around the 70-ish game mark. As soon as I get past around 80, I'm getting worse. And, I, and there is a reason for this because you lose sight of the bigger picture. You, you, you're, you're very tunnel vision on things. Like you're, you're, you now are um, losing track of what's actually important and what's valuable. Like you get in your own head, it's like, 
let's say you've played 80 games of Ari in a row and then you miss a charm. You know how, like in your mind, you're probably thinking, oh my God, this charm, if I hit this charm, oh, the game would yeah, be so different. you overthink the, the skill shot, yeah. That's right. And then you're like, oh, like that now the game's just screwed. But in yeah. reality- Because you, you know the alternative. You know that if I hit that, uh, I'm going to win the game. That's right. You know how good it is to hit that charm. Yeah. But then you lose your free flow state and then you're overcomplicating things. And now you now what happens, and typically for mid laners especially, is that they start to get in their head, head oh my God, now I'm making basic lane mistakes. Yeah, and no, I play this I'm champ so like bad. 80 games and runs. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, but what's the one. point? I haven't even improved. And then, <laughs> and then you're in your own head. Then you're genuinely yeah. playing worse. And then yes. you start to go backwards, right? That's the that's exact exact sequence of how it works. I'm yeah. losing confidence. You lose confidence. And, and then you self-sabotage. Lost streaks come, come, come and go. And, the, and, and so in a way, by playing more of that champion, you are going to get worse and worse and worse. I feel like there's a lot of people that are currently out there, no matter what role you play, if you play too much of one champion, you're going to lose sight of what's actually important in your games. Mm. And so I told him, I said, you're, you're playing like this because you're so in your head. He like, I think he died early as Victor. And then he's like, oh, I've undone all this work that I've done. And then he just proceeds to like, just make dumb decisions. People after dumb are very decision. good at overcomplicating. It's, it's what's the, is there a mindset for it? It's like a, Oh, you just yeah, it's just overthinking, isn't it? It's just you're creating problems out of nothing. Well, what it really is is that it's yeah, a problem, but you're creating like a, it's like a bigger problem than it it's actually a big, is. Exactly, it's a bigger problem than it actually is. You don't. I, I always think of like a you know, I always think of like a teenage girl or something like that, or like even us in high school. Like you know, it's like I you feel like it's just the end of the world, and like you know, let's say you do something embarrassing you fall over or something like that. And then you just overthink the shit. Oh my God, everyone's going to think yeah. I'm like an idiot yeah. or whatever. Like, yeah. Or you say something dumb in class or yeah. whatever. And then it like bears on you can't sleep maybe and stuff like that. And then you're, you're creating, it's like a bigger problem yeah. than actually. And no guys as well as girls. I don't think that's yeah. to girls. Yeah. Yeah. I always just think about girls because they're Because your sister. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I grew up with a sister. Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, like hundred percent. I, um, yeah. And I think we're all very, very good at that. And it's so hard to be objective about this. Very, very, very hard. And this is why, in my opinion, this is the significance of really reflecting and trying to, like, taking a step back and making peace with your blocks, trying to do, like, weekly or fortnightly kind of check-ins with yourself. Like, what's what am, what's going on here? And because um, if you don't do that, you can just lose your mind. You do. Lose you can just mind. absolutely, absolutely lose your and mind. And that's where you get into the ruts and become worse at the game. That's right. That's where you genuinely become worse. And I'm, and if he didn't come into this review and I didn't highlight that, he probably would have been doing that for the next few, few maybe even months. Who knows? However long he'd been doing that for. Should we get up this comment, Curtis, from our last uh, episode 149 in the YouTube comments? Um, to yeah. Flow so on just to really wrap up that whole little chair, that little chair mastery section there. Um, so the basically the point I wanted to get across is that no matter how much you think you know about your champion... There is always something, and the small things can have disproportionate uh, out or I guess effects on your gameplay. But at the same time, if you play too much of one champion and search for those small little optimizations, you might lose sight of the big picture. So it's a bit of a double-edged sword there. And again, this is where balance comes into play. Having a champion pool, I do think, or at least more than you know, having two or three champions in your pool, will over the long run make it a little bit easier for you. Yeah, yeah, but it's really important to say yeah you can really only properly learn one champ at a time and then you slowly yes. build up your pool that's, that's right that's that's the way you, you think about it um yeah so this is the comment about following on from champ mastery from our last episode in the youtube comments the 149 about 
um, breaking down trolls in solo queue. And we did a Reddit post and the guy who made the Reddit post actually commented. And this is the guy that was gold for... So 40,000 games or something? Was it? Yeah, he's played 20, like a games? lot of games. and Multi-season he, gold. Yeah. And he wanted to know why he can't get out of gold for, for you know, forever after... And we ba- we basically spoke about the lack of... Well, we of- looked at his OPGG and he plays every champion. He goes on... Um, try, he was playing Nico Jungle on the new sexy things he kept on trying to pick up. And I think his most played champ was Yumi this season, like 300 games. So, um, you know, not exactly a champion where you're really learning, you know, the game holistically as well. So he actually commented on our, our YouTube... Uh, um, yeah, a video, and I'll read out the comment here. So he goes, I'm the guy who wrote the post you're picking on from Summoner School. Unless you have some kind of problem, League is not complex or hard to learn. Acting like you need to study like a PhD to learn a champion is disingenuous at best and laughable at worst. I get that a lot of people have the attention span of a goldfish and can't handle pushing more than two buttons, but League is pretty shallow in terms of player input. I grew up on MMOs where you have 25 plus buttons to push and far deeper interactions than League will ever have. And I played several classes in very high-end content. League is a joke compared to that. If I wasn't able to play the champs, I wouldn't get fed almost every game, would I? And champ-specific mechanics absolutely do carry over seasons. A person who one-trick Riven in Season 3 will be able to play just as well as a person who one-tricks Riven now, even if the old Riven main stopped playing for her a while build changes but champs don't unless they get reworked so we talked about bringing this comment up because just to sort of dissect it a bit and you know our mindset is always we're always chipping away at because at the end of the day this is a guy that plays in in our games you know if you're a gold player you might have played with this guy he's in the league community he's in the league community he's part of the league community right this is his perception so you know we sort of got to break it down and this is a perception that probably a lot of people hold you know like league is an easy game there's only four buttons and then that's it and then that's then they're saying the game's just incredibly easy and you know games like mmos like what a walk after yeah super hot but way harder i do want to kind of say here that um we're not attacking him absolutely not right and he was saying that we picked on him or we picked it you know that thing and again we've really believe it or not even though it may sound like and if he is watching our response again (laughs) we're not here to, to make fun of you we're not here to pick on you we're not we're genuinely trying to help you and give us what we've seen in our experiences playing the game for quite a long time and helping other people. Um, this is just our take. Again, you can we're not again we're not the Bible here. This is just our take. Yeah, and the BBC is as well. I love our YouTube comment section. They did a really good job of trying to help him. I don't think he, they got anywhere, but they had some really good points. Did in he reply well. to the YouTube comments as well? Yeah, did he a did. Discussion? Yeah, oh, okay. There was lots of essays. <laughs> my first, my my first. Um, you know, immediate response to this is that there's a lot of narratives here. This is not just one thing. No. Like this Which is. What do you want to start with? This is a very multifaceted thing. Like, yeah. Uh, so I, I think where we need to start is that. Um, so the first thing, league is not complex or hard to learn. Great. Let's start there. So th- believe it or not, there, there are actually people in my program that still believe this. By the way, hmm. they still don't ha- actually fully understand the complexity of of League of Legends. So. I think you're better at answering this question, by the way, because you also come from a WoW background, mm. right? I come from an FPS background, which I think is a pretty, uh, objectively, I think a simpler game. Yep. You come from a WoW background. So why don't you kind of talk about your experiences playing WoW versus maybe League of Legends and what that transition was like for you and, and, and how does the complexity of those games kind of differ? 
So I'm not sure if he's talking about PvE or PvP here. He says high-end content, so I'm assuming it's PvE. Yeah, raiding uh, Mythic, like the the really hardcore raids, that requires a lot of core. It's very it's very difficult. Like there's there's like full guilds that it's like their full-time job and all that sort of stuff, right? So yeah, it's very difficult, but it's difficult for, you know, different... Re- there's so many variables in League, more than... MMOs. I'm just trying to think right now. It's like, okay, I mean, there's a lot going on in a raid, right? But you sort of practice the same raid over and over again. Specifically it doesn't as well. change. You know, it doesn't change. You can just it's build the muscle memory build and the muscle memory. sort of the, you know, and the execution, like, yeah, so the muscle memory, but the thing with League is like, okay, you can have all this muscle memory, but if I don't think actively about the game, you know, you're going to be struggling. For example, Curtis, we, we just watched before the JDG versus T1 series, mm. right? Um, we're sitting there spectating, replaying these fights over and over again, right? And after the 25 minutes, we just watched the highlights of the five-game series. Well, I just watched that series. That is some of the best League of Legends you're going to see. Um, and, and what I want you to guys do when you go watch that, the question that Curtis and I kept asking is, what is their role? Look at one person in each fight. Yes, pause the fight and look at one, one person, person and, and think about play it over what and is, over What again. is their role? Like, let's say if you're a mid laner, think about what is Knight doing here? What is Faker doing here? Um, what is 369 doing? Yeah, like, and then just break down each person's role in these fights. And there is so much going on. The, the, the room for error, it's, it's, it's equal to like an F1 driver, dude. You know, like the Split second. millisecond sort no, of okay. stuff, right? Yes, on the surface, it looks good. But just like one click backwards could be completely changed. And we watched that the whole series and we were exhausted after 25 minutes. And, and we could barely even figure out what even they needed to do to win. Even looking at it in hindsight, sitting there objectively with a cup of coffee or whatever like yeah. we can't even sitting back replaying and they're doing it in split seconds they're doing it in real time in insane pressure situations against the best players in the world this is why the game is so complex because yes there's four buttons but the way you use those four buttons is insanely important if you use one of your buttons incorrectly you can lose a game well, well the same argument could be made for wow though in a raid right if you of course, use yeah, one of your abilities yeah. incorrectly you miss a cooldown you can get wiped yeah. or something yeah. right i'm assuming yeah right so I think the biggest thing, again, I don't come from a WoW background, but from you know, from what it, from what it seems like in WoW, you have all of the information. Okay, so in WoW, like you said, well, number one, it's repetitive. It's the same, if, at least when it comes to PVE. We're talking about PVE here. You're doing the same thing, so you can again expose yourself to the exact same scenario every single time. Yeah, you're right? versing a player that's like mind gaming you and. You know, thinking about, yeah, you're the fog of war aspects, right? Right. In League, yeah, there's fog of war, but you're also versing another person. So the person... The psychological aspects. You might play the same matchup, but the same matchup can be played out literally an infinite amount of of, an infinite amount of uh, ways, right? So, you know, uh, like, I think the fog of war aspect in League of Legends is how you don't have all the... It's like chess, but then someone's covering parts of the board. That's the difference as well. Like It's like in chess, you have all the information. Now, I'm not even going to remotely talk about chess or make the comparison to League to chess. But what I am saying, at least in a game of chess, you have all the information. Then you got to... It's two people making the, the best quality decision they can, but they still have all the information. In League, we don't have all the information. We, don't, we can have rough, rough guesses, right? As much as we possibly can. But we just guess... We're guesstimating everything at all times. Roughly where the jungler... What will they... What am I anticipating they're going to do? And that takes a huge toll on your mental yeah, stack. Then you got to think about... Like, think about just, again, just for the lane phase. Like, for a mid lane. Like, let's just let's just break down everything you need to think about. And why... you got to think about... 
hitting the minions, you think about your opponent, you think about the jungle, you think about the other four people in the map. I mean, it sort of depends what time of the game is. You got to think about what the next objective. How you much think about you gold and thing. Like, when guys, are you going to reset? When, yeah, it's not humanly possible to be able to execute on all these things as a newer player that hasn't like, you know, not an experienced player. That's it. Like that's requires thousands and thousands of hours of intentional practice to get better at. Even, even the best players in the world, like Faker will make mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. mistakes, Yeah. You look at the best players in the world, they make like mistakes that you would deem to be quote unquote basic because again, the mental stack overload, there is too much information to process. Like league looks easy on the surface. We, We say like league is like a, you know, it's an easy game, but it's not complicated. The execution of League is what heart. makes That's it hard. Respect. It's not the yeah. understanding of like, like yeah, sure, you can look at it and then you got to, this person's got to space this ability, get this last hit, dodge that skill shot. But yeah, sure, you can sit there and look at that and think it's, you know, it's not a complex it looks, thing. It looks easy. I could do that. It's like anyone can do it. Anyone so can, yeah, yeah, theoretically do that. But again, you got to do that every second, every millisecond. Every single game. That's right. Every, and it's cons- the consistency there. So, like, I, I definitely, I'm not, and I'm, we're not here to say WoW is easy. It's definitely a hard game as well, right? The high-level PvE and high-level PvE in WoW is objectively incredibly difficult as well. But to, to kind of say that League is simple comparatively to WoW is a huge, huge, uh, I guess, in my opinion, a, a, a not a correct take, I, I don't believe. No. Said, and also, by the way, just to, just to really say this at a, at a very high level, how do you know what it takes to play league at a high level if you haven't done it? Yes. That's so that's the, question. in my opinion, that's the fundamental problem. That's like saying anyone, like, okay, we actually believe in Nathan. We I had this discussion recently in the ML in the MLA, right? One of these guys who kind of thinks league's an easy game. I asked him, or someone asked him. I said, they said, what do you? So do you think that becoming a doctor is not an impressive feat? Right, because he thinks master tier. This guy thought master tier was not an impressive um, yeah. rank. Yeah, and he's like, no, I don't really get impressed if someone says they're a doctor. I'm like, okay, so do you, are you saying that becoming a doctor is easy? And he's like, yeah, I mean, I guess like it's not that hard. And I'm like, do you like you spend imagine like eight imagine the level of of disrespect and yeah. delusion that yeah. is? Like, think about that for a second. You, that person has to sit through thousands of hours of studying the year like it's like 10 years of study or some shit yeah sure anyone anyone can do that just because anyone can do that doesn't mean like it's easy hmm. you can say that about anything it's like jiro dreams of sushi dude anyone like, can, can make, make some sushi it's like it's so disrespectful it's like a disrespect of like the the human potential like how much yeah. energy you put into something yeah. like it's like anyone could be an f1 driver if you just put thousands of hours into it like like you know what I mean? That argument is so stupid. It's like, so yeah, you can theoretically make anything sound quote unquote easy just because I've dumped thousands of hours into it, but that doesn't mean it's easy. You know, it's just disrespectful. And I think that's this guy. He sounds very similar to the guy in the MLA where mm-hmm. it's actually a problem with himself. He, he actually doesn't respect himself. Really. That's what, that's the big vibe I get from this. Like in order to respect someone else's achievements in something, um, and respect the difficulty of something. You have to respect yourself. Like you can't respect others and respect the craft of others if you can't respect yourself. And if you only respect the peak, peak, peak of level of play in something, like if you only respect billionaires or trillionaires and not hundred millionaires, yeah, people are, what's yeah. wrong with you? You know, that means you've yeah. got something fundamentally, like you, there's some level of self-respect, something missing there, you know? And this is, I mean, we've now, now that he's made this comment, right? 
talking about our BBC Pure and our Stage 4 issues, right? He will never improve the game because his view of the game is completely That's distorted. Right. So the gameplay doesn't even matter for The gameplay doesn't point. matter for this guy no, at all. No, it doesn't. You're absolutely spot on. So, Nothing we say about... He can actually study. He can sit there and watch VODs, whatever. He will never yeah. improve until he actually fixes his Stage 4 He could get problems. the best coach in the world to sit there and just sit in there just watching him play all day. Goal, he'll be all for years. He would still be stuck in gold because his view of the game and improvement and the way that getting better at a skill, not just League of Legends, anything is That's just, right. Is just it's, again, it's not, again, League of legends it's anything like yeah. he would have if he was dedicating this time to chess or uh, any sport or any endeavor he would have the exact same response really yeah and really all this is if you even go even deeper we're gonna sit in here with armchair analysts here that it's just it's actually insecurity it's insecurity it's fixed mindset and it's also um he he's he's honestly he, he's actually in a way jealous of other people's achievements in the game. Like, but he would never, he would would never, yeah, he would never really, um, Hmm. I don't think he would ever kind of come to that conclusion, you know? So so going back to the post, so he started with by saying it's a, it's a simple game that anyone can, any champ mastery is simple, right? That's the first thing you said. Then what was the next thing? Then he says, you're acting like you need to study a PhD, like a PhD to learn a champion is disingenuous at best and laughable. Yes. You do need to act like you're studying a PhD. If you want to be the best in the world at a champion, you do need to spidey like a PhD, dude. But being very good at a champion requires hundreds and hundreds of hours. Of intentional, of intentional highly focused. Like, okay, let's just talk about a second. Let's talk about the Bouse. Bouse. Yep. The Scion, right? Play Scion. Yep. He, re- yep. he released his, like, kind of like his equivalent of a PhD thesis on how he views the game, right? He goes deep on bounty, the bounty system, um, how to create, like, like mismatch tempo, um, proxying the value of gold on deaths, um, you know, the bounty system, how to really abuse the bounty system. This guy has a super in-depth, sophisticated... Did you I don't know how long he's been playing, but that you could say that that one video is eight years of the making. The 110%. That, that guy is like a genius of League of Legends. He has his own unique way of winning a game of League of Legends. And so so you're saying, cha- like, champion mastery, like, is is easy? What that guy watch that video of Bowser's solo queue journey or whatever he's on his YouTube and say that's easy. If you're saying that's easy, then come on, man, that there's something wrong with you. You know mm-hmm. that 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 is that that shows that's a testament to to the beauty of champion mastery and the and the creativity of the human mind. He talks about a league's pretty shallow in terms of play input. So you know, he's talking about this four buttons the QWR. in the mouse, yeah, and twenty versus wow, twenty five. That's like the beauty of league. That's that's actually why league is such a beautiful, way more popular game than World of Warcraft, and it always will be because that's the beauty. Something simple and complicated at the same time. Curtis, it's like the game of chess and go. It's like the game of go, right? It's like these two white and black. So stones. simple, but so so advanced. simple, but so advanced. Look at things like, uh, you know, when Steve Jobs first made the iPhone, you know, it's the, the, the genius of Steve Jobs is creating such a beautiful, clean product in the most um, simple looking way. You know, yep. it's just a touch screen, bam, you know, and that was revolutionary. Yep. And like any sort of engineer or sort of stuff, like someone that doesn't think that way would never be able to come up with a about, like Think that. about that argument he's made. There's little amounts of input. Think about tennis. Think about the game. Actually, let's just talk about the game of Go, right? There's that documentary on YouTube about, it's like- uh, AlphaGo. AlphaGo, yeah. right? About how AIs race to beat humans in, in, in Go, right? And you know, if you haven't watched it, highly recommend watching it. There'll be a bit of spoilers here, right? So you can tune out right now if you don't want me to spoil it. But essentially, 
you know, this AI company tries to create, uh, uh, you know, artificial intelligence to beat humans in, in the game of Go. And all it is, is like, it's like a grid. And then you put a stone on, on a corner and then you got to like capture territory. Think about the inputs there. Think about the inputs. It's like, I got a little white dot. Boom. Isn't there something like something like trillions of different combinations yeah, of things that can yeah, happen? That's right. They had to crunch. Same it. with League. League's the same. There's trillions of different things There's that can trillion happen. trillion of different options you could go for. Yeah. So just because something has one input or a limited amount of inputs, you're completely disregarding the options, the amount of options. You could take any one decision in League of Legends. And if we pause it, I could click left. I could click like... Any do any I could go up here. I could go down there, and that's going to force a reaction from the enemy as well. Exactly. If I go take their raptors, they can do that. If I go start rift, they could do that. If I dive top, they can do that. If I stay for plates, that works my reset. There is an infinite amount of decisions that could be made. So just because the game has limited inputs, is not a testament to the complexity or the lack no, of complexity no. of the game. That's right. So that's great. I think we broke down that part. Um, and then he said. Um, if I wasn't able to play the champs, wouldn't I get fed almost every game? Would I? Well, that's that's obviously not. I well, think that's obviously just delusion. He's yeah. obviously not getting fed. Every we looked game. at his OBGG. He's ten deaths a game most of the time. Exactly. As well. um, but by the way, just to skim before we skim over that, that that is where again it's very hard to argue with people or not I won't say argue or have a conversation with people like this because their points aren't based in in reality, right? They've got a they've got a, a vision in their mind of what they think they're doing. Right or what they think their games are like, or what they think their gameplay is like. If they, if you were to show them a vod of a one trick, that guy would literally like a challenger one trick. That guy would say, "Oh, that's not imp-. like this guy would literally think I could do that." Like mm. genuinely, he would genuinely think he could do that. Because this and this is that's the scary thing. These people genuinely think they can do this stuff, right? He actually had a comment saying that when he first started playing the game, he was beating challenger players in lane. So you're spot on. He actually genuinely has that genuinely belief. believes that. He admitted it in the comments. He literally admitted it. He, these people genuinely think they can. And then and then and th- this is the thing is this that is like, here's the quote, Curtis, from the comment. And we're going to keep acting like all these little micro decisions are just so hard. I was beating challenger players in lane my first year of playing league when I couldn't even get to gold in ranked. Um, the difference between low elo and high elo is not that drastic. It's a lot of luck abusing duo in and abusing whatever champs are currently balanced to sell skins. The only way, right? Yeah, the only way to really prove to a person like this is that you literally put him in like the same, like you'd have to like put him in the same situation as this player. Like Lisa, for example, okay, here's a challenge game, put him into a challenge game mm. and then watch them play. He's that guy's got to do the thing where you buy a challenger account. Yeah, we the other example was <laughs> like that the that iron guy, there? right? Yeah. He got to like iron and like whatever. That guy would go if he bought a challenge again. He would be in gold, the exact same rank, within about was it fifty games or something? Yep, 50, probably about fifty games. games, fifty sixty games. Like I would be, I guarantee you, he would mm. be in gold. Mm. No amount, any amount of money. If he did the exact same champions, what he's doing right now on on a challenger account, gold in sixty games. Yep. And again, then, but then what's the next excuse then? Oh, I wasn't doing or whatever. I, I got unlucky. Again, there, there is an infinite amount, you know, it's like, it's like a niece 2.0. There's a, there's always another excuse, you know, there's always something else that conveniently just, you know, just, what's the word? Like uh, covers their to tracks. fit into the narrative. Fits the narrative. It's, yeah. it's always a new narrative, the next narrative, but this narrative covers that, but that narrative covers that. It just goes on forever. You can't really win, no. you know? Yeah, so I thought that was really good to break down, you know, and just, again, just sort of showing, you know, this is just a really historical, I like to, like, see these comments and mm. break down these narratives, because this is where we're at with League of Legends. I hope 
I hope the job that this podcast does now, our sort of our programs sort of stuff, that this is way less we see this in the next 10 years, you know? So that's why I love breaking down these comments. Just sort of like, this is where we're at. Let's see. This will sort of be a measure of success is how much less can we see of this in the community and in our ranked games? You know what my answer to this is? If I were to like really like have a, you know, man-to-man conversation with this guy, like the first thing I would say is like, why do you play League? And, and this goes for anyone out there that actually thinks like this guy's like, why do you play league? Like, what do you, what do you find fun about it? Mm. And, um, you know, what do you want to get out of your league experience? And oftentimes, this is the scary thing in, in my experience, talking to people like this, they don't actually have that much fun. They don't, they just playing either because they're addicted. Addiction is the, addiction is, when you di- dive down, it's just they're addicted. It, it, usually that is the case. Or it's an escape for something. Or it's an escape. It, it's usually a negative reason as to why they're playing the game. That's mm. the sad thing. Mm. And so this guy probably, you know, again, the last thing I'd wrap this up with, he needs to do some serious introspection. What is he trying to get out of experience with League? And there's something there that he needs to address pretty hardcore. Because I honestly, I feel bad for him. You know, I, I genuinely feel bad for him. I hope he gets help, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of demons there. From what we've found is that the way people talk about this with the game, usually there's lots of other aspects of their life that struggle as well. Um, we've had, think about how many mailbag things oh. we've had come in saying, once I fix my relationship with League of Legends, suddenly in my life, things happen. But it's just weird how it works that way, right? Just your view of things is so important. Yeah, I've actually got it just while on this topic, I've actually got a little case study here I want to talk about from an MLA client, right? So he, hear this, right? So he basically said... I'm not going to say his name, but he said, look, I've played 800 games and I'm 200 LP below from the start. And he basically said, he's just done. Like he's Love just br- in absolute, quote, absolute inner pain. That's Good. what he said, right? Yep. And then I said, I, I said two things. I said, can you send me OPGG? So I just wanted to make sure he's, you know, sticking to a sample, ticks a lot of boxes. And, and then I said, one, I asked one question. Upon your reflection, what do you think it is? Tell me. And then to get him really thinking about it, and this is interesting, he said this. So upon reflecting, I figured out, I play solo queue. I either win or I lose. If I win, I'm happy, which is the same thing as if you lost and you were tilted. If I lose, I tilt for whatever reason. And then I play next and this weight carries on and on. Like a task manager system, you need to clean this after each and every block a day, ideally. I ask myself, why do I play solo queue? And the answer is, Ego. Well, why is that? Because I feel like I mean something only if I achieve something. And if I don't achieve something, in my mind, I'm useless. Why? There's a chance that you can go pro and then prove that it is worth it. So in his mind, it really is like, again, it's a sense of like, if I don't achieve something like absolutely, like I go pro, like this crazy dream, then nothing's worth it. And then he said, then I realized I have a set of bad values. I realized, and then this is what I had to realize. I realized that I'm not special and that, even if you want to go pro, hard work and dedication will not guarantee the opportunity, but you will never know unless you try. Number two, you simply got to be glad for your hobby and enjoy it. League is a long-term game. Don't rush it too much. Do you want to have a great time solving puzzles or a miserable time blaming externals? Number three, your process will never be perfect and, and that is perfect. Humans are emotional beings. However, you are eventually going to make it even if it took you 10 times longer than the average person. Who gives a shit anyways? I play solo queue. I either learn from it or I don't. If I find myself on low intensity, you can still learn via watching VODs. You don't have to play every single day to force improvement. That's the beauty of League. It lies right there. Um, 
so essentially, that's like all these conclusions he started coming to, both like why he was playing League. You know, he was actually playing to, for ego rather than just pure enjoyment about the game. Um, and when he really distilled down to it, he's like, well, if I don't go pro, then it's all useless. And he realized that was just bullshit. And he actually does enjoy the League as a hobby. Um, and then he had like some like crazy, un- like unrealistic expectation that if I try really hard and I do that, then I, sh- I deserve to go pro, yeah. right? And notice how, again, he never would have like, I guess, discovered this shit if he didn't dig and get in the trenches. Ask and him some really good questions. Ask some tough questions and have that tough conversation with yourself. And this is what that guy needs to do. That guy needs to do the same thing. He needs to really get in the weeds and, uh, and, 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 and ask those tough questions and, and find those tough answers, I guess, you know? Great example. Love it. And that, there's another reference to David Goggins, kind of, we recommend that book. When it comes to having tough conversations with yourself... I've got a few little things quickly before we move on to summer, summer school. school. Um, so yeah, the, talking about ba- the Bouse and he did that solo queue video. So for those of you who haven't seen it, I think it's worth giving a watch regardless, even if you don't play top. Yep, There's a lot lots of, of information, specifics. lots of great information. Well, it's, it's an interesting take on his perception of the game. Mm. Um, and so essentially, yeah, the Bouse, the, the, he's basically, for those of you who know him, he's a uh, challenger EU streamer. He plays like Scion. He plays a bit of Gragas. I think Quinn... Uh, Ramus or something. He plays like a bunch, like a handful of you know unique top laners, and he has a. And he's known for that kind of proxy strategy where you die like seven times, nine times. You look in, like you're in to win, in to win, and then but you have a lot of gold and you split push and you win, right? Anyway, there was a few things that I thought were really interesting from his take on and perception of, of solo queue, and he has an, a, an opposite take. Well, not an opposite take, but a an interesting take, which is. He was critiquing the mindset of when you're behind, play safe. So essentially, you know, the, the, the common piece of advice for solo queue is, or in the league community is, if you die once, you should kind of lose gracefully, right? And don't really learn to play weak side. Don't die that much anymore. Sacrifice towers if you need to. Don't feed the enemy kills. And he said he, said he had the complete opposite reaction to this which is i believe in the opposite i feel like if you're behind and you're lo- and you're dying you should actually try and in a way um don't be afraid to die even more because you're not really worth much gold and you should try and just keep towers healthy and sacrifice your life because again you're not really giving that much gold anyway right um keep pushing waves keep pressuring and you said something interesting before something about when you're behind you can't be afraid to die. So again, there's parts of it I agree with here and parts of it I don't. So you want to expand on this from a jungler's perspective? Yeah, so... Um, I mean, jungles just sometimes fit, especially the champs that I sort of play, sometimes fit more of like a utility role where like, okay, uh, let's say... Because specifically as a jungler, you can just get choked out. And if you don't put pressure on the map as a jungler, the enemy jungler can... The, the decision-making is so easy for them, they can close out games really simply. So what you do is you, you need to sometimes create chaos. Again, this is from a jungler's perspective, my perspective. When, you, when you're when you behind and you have some deaths, you just got to like send it to like a bot or your strong members and just run in there and then just die. And then what's going to... It's going to... Because trading kills when you're behind is actually... Even if you trade... I, three people in my team die, but I kill two people. It's actually slowly delaying Good. the game. It's sort of the yeah. way you think and about it. And with the bounty system as well. Yeah, so... Um, what was the point that well, I was I think where this us? ties into is intentionally yeah, dying intentionally, it's, like, it's yeah. the value of a death as well right like because yeah. I've seen you many times and this is something that is probably actually not mentioned enough which is 
you know, creating space for creating other space, people, yeah, right? Yeah. You might be playing Rexline, and let's say you're zero four, rather than being really safe and conservative and trying to value your life. You're like, okay, I've got, a, I've got oh, someone. I'll just flash on someone. I know I'll die, but I'll do a little bit of damage and it's going to disposition them and I can maybe my team can clean up a that's fire. That's right. Yeah. So that, that's a different mindset, right? It's like, it's not like you're losing gracefully, but you're, you're, you're thinking about how can I maximize my impact in this game? But sometimes, and this is where, again, it gets champ-specific, even role-specific, yeah. I'm not going to int on Victor that's just not going to happen. No, that you doesn't need to be exist. alive in the fight. And still be. <laughs> you know, Same with eighty carries. See, that's why it's different from roll to roll. That's what I'm right? saying. And, and that's Top lane's jungler supports. They're more free to die. More so. Sort of yeah, your job I don't think bit. an eighty carry wants to be suiciding for. You still don't want team. to die, but you're more. You know, again, it's all situational. Yeah, and this is where I think that it can be a little bit dangerous. And I'm worried because a lot of people in the comments that weren't top laners were take. You know, I'm worried that maybe some of this information is you know, maybe taken a little bit too literally mm. here. You know, we've got to remember that he's thinking about this through the lens of a lot of utility-based champions like that of a Gragas or a Ramus or a Scion, right? Um, and top lane in general as a role. And so I think that, yes, I've been in situations where I'm playing, say, Rumble, right? I get behind in the early game. Rather than sitting there conservatively in farming, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be pretty useless. I might as well go in... Sorry, burn some cooldowns here. Create a little space for my AD carry. Create some chaos. Uh, create some chaos. Make the enemy react. Make force them to make mistakes. Force yeah, them force them to make, them to make mistakes, but also yeah, like spot on because again, then if I burn some cooldowns here, um, then maybe my other carries will be able to kind of win the fight. Hmm. I did a review this morning with the LeBlanc player, and something he did really well, and what Le good LeBlancs actually do, is that they actually will go into fights with their W, like around the fights, and just bait out cooldowns. So let's say you're versing a Thresh, or you're versing like a like a Pantheon or whatever, what you can do is is go in, and then like bait the Pantheon W, and then pop back to your distortion, or bait the Thresh hook, and then pop back, and then what that does, that, that allows other people to come Absolutely. in and walk in. Yep. Like that is a really important concept, really baiting out cooldowns. Um, and that's kind of, I feel like, uh, one of the aspects of what he was saying. Like, rather than just sitting there, get something for your death. Don't be afraid to die even more. And especially with the bounties, trading one for one, if someone has a big bounty, is very worth it. Absolutely. So I think the core message that I want to get across here is be intentional with your deaths and be hard to kill or, or at least think about what am I getting from this death? If you keep a tower alive or suicide for a, a three-stack wave or trade one for one or burn a key cooldown on a key carry on the enemy team... You might die, just burn a flash of an eighty carry. Great. In the next, next, next fight, we have more opportunities. Yeah, spot on. So the thing is, really ties into your role, really at a high, high level, isn't it? It's just what is my role in this game? Mm. I'm not the carry. Mm. I'm here to facilitate. What's the best way for me to facilitate? Is it me sitting under tower, not dying anymore, or is it me maybe dying two or time, two, two or three more times? But I maybe burn something from the enemy team, and my fed ex Victor Syndromid can carry. You know. So I thought that was interesting. The second one, which is draft and how he perceives draft. So again, a very unique, not a unique take, but an, an important uh, take here, which is essentially in draft, he tries to fill whatever the composition needs. So if the composition needs frontline, he'll play Scion. If if the composition needs CC, he'll put, I think it was like Ramus or Gragas or whatever. If they need range and they're all melee comp, he'll go that. He's always willing to fill what the composition Rather needs. Rather than counterpicking rather than counterpick because he was saying here one of the situations like okay i'm versing a gwen here they showed gwen he counterpicked himself with scion mm. so that he can actually because um, the comp needed frontline and you know this is again and what i want to preface here is that this is a very high level concept and not something you really want to be thinking too much about in you know plat yeah we got to focus on champ mastery first and game fundamentals. That's right, because you you're not you're just simply not going to have the luxury of having five champs in your pool, right? But in the high elo brackets, when you do start to expand your pool and you have three, four, five champs in your pool, 
that is what a champion pool is fundamentally for and why you ideally, especially as a mid laner, have a diverse pool. And I actually do that as well. When I'm tryharding in solo queue, if I feel like I have a, um, let's say a dive, like you're playing Rek'Sai, I don't want to sit, I don't want to play Victor, even though it's a great matchup for Victor. I want to play something that can utilize Rek'Sai or set up a Rek'Sai mm. or, because I know that even if I counterpick myself, I've got a Rek'Sai, right? So say for, for example, I'm, um, you, I, I know I've shown a Rex. You've, you've played Rexi on my team. The enemy show Victor. I could like maybe do some, you know, counter pick into the Victor. Let's say Yone, but then I'm Yone Rexi, which is not really an amazing combo. I'd rather play something like a Lissandra or something, yeah. or whatever it might be that might work a little bit better mm. with, with Rex. Because I know that I'm gonna get jungle attention, you mm. know. Mm. Uh, but then even bigger picture than that, like okay, um, this is where a lot of mid laners fall into the trap. Okay, Cassio is a, a common pick in the mid lane academy. They see good matchup mid, maybe uh, good matchup in uh, in jungle or something. The mid jungle is okay, but then they're versing their top and 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 the, the bot lane really shit on Cassio. Cassio really struggles into specific champions. When you're picking champs like Cassio that really ideally want to be picked later in the draft, you ideally want to see the range of the comp holistically because no matter how good your lane is, if you're seeing versing a really fed Zy uh, Jinx Lulu, it's very, very hard to impact or to like be impactful in mid-game team fights. So that is a bit of an exaggeration, but you still get the point. You need to think about the comp holistically. I think that's a really good point. Um, the other interesting point was simplifying combos. This is such a refreshing thing to hear because we hear all the time of like fancy combos and like guides on the internet. And you see um, montages showing these combos, but they're not that realistic. That's not realistic. That's what he actually said. This is not realistic. I'm no. even a challenger player. And even me, I be I use basically two, com like one combo yeah. and then like basic iteration from this one combo. And I thought that was such a refreshing take because it's so practical. Hmm. It's like, this guy's an actual challenger player. He doesn't give a shit about combos. He's like, well, this is my job. As long as I do this one combo, yeah. that's all I need to do. That's right. Like, that's so But people awesome. sometimes hate that because it's so, again, it's boring, right? It's boring. They yeah. want to do the fancy, sexy thing. I love that. I thought it was such a refreshing take. Um, and then the other one, which is like farm being the guaranteed source of income rather than not chasing kills. And I think that's a great message to spread as well. Like, rather than chasing kills everywhere for gold to get yourself fed, staying farmed, getting the guaranteed plates, keeping yourself strong via farm is yeah. a really, really great A lot of that way. video, and, and Boas understands, is the value of gold that's what he was really thinking about breaking yeah. it down like he even broke down like um you know the when people die a lot they have an anti-bounty and how he more emphasizes bounties and stuff like that you know so it's like he's thinking on a very unique level yeah. right like yep. very, very high level understanding how league legends works at a fundamental level in terms of gold yeah. values being strong making sure the enemy team's not pressuring that much very the, unique remo removing their options and it just goes to show again this is kind of an extension or really is actually an extension of that champion mastery because there are not many champions that can utilize scion is very unique in that sense right where you can kind of proxy and then you're what you're saying you sacrifice yourself for the wave and then your passive kills the wave and all this stuff like this is very unique shit yeah right and uh in props to him very very cool to see that there is a different way to play league of legends all right so moving on to summoner school now curtis yep uh I do need to... Uh, Summoner School actually reached out to us. They want to... And I thought it would be really good to sort of help um, their community as well because they actually have identified that sometimes they... Um, being a moderator for that server, it's a sort of like a really undervalued sort of job. And it's hard because it's, you know, it's a pretty big, you know, pretty big um, community. Wait, Summoner School reached out to us? Yeah. 
Really? Yeah. Oh, you didn't tell me that. I oh, didn't I say no? that? Oh. I thought to do an AMA and everything. We could do an AMA. Oh, really? Yeah. And all oh, sort cool. Of stuff. Um, I think his name was George, was it? Anyway, so uh, he reached out to our community specifically. He's actually a listener of that podcast oh, as well because he... Um, yeah, they need mods, and he thinks that our community will fit really well with our mantra and our mm. philosophy on solo queue. So if you want to, it's purely volunteer. You don't get paid for it. But if you want to be a mod for summoner school and help out with, you know, moderating the server, making sure, you know, maybe high-quality posts, high-quality posts and questions may be asked, go to the uh, Reddit thread. I'll have it linked somewhere, but the Reddit, is it thread, Reddit? Reddit main page, red uh, slash our summoner school. You are a real hardcore Redditor, Nathan. <laughs> I don't know. He even mentioned, he goes, I know you guys aren't Redditors. <laughs> uh, and then at the top, a pin post is an application to be a moderator. So, um, yep, if anyone's interested in that, do it's like a community service thing. It'd be pretty cool. Why do you have that Reddit experience? Why do you have that Reddit poster in your bedroom, Nathan? Though? Yeah, that's over your bed. Totally what I'm just looking at right now, Curtis. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that I'll have a link in the YouTube description and they're looking for moderators and they'll love BBCers to nice. potentially be moderators for the server. Nice. All right. And now moving on to our post from slash R Summoner School. Um, all right. This one is, we sort of talked about this a little bit. How do Korean and Chinese players always innovate and come up with new ways of playing the game and champions in general? Ever since I started playing League, the common advice I've always heard when it comes to learning the game is watching VODs of the best players. I even heard Whippo say in one of his videos that he himself watches top Asian players to learn the intricacies of the champions he wants to play. I've been maining Cassante since release, and I do really well in most of my games, so I thought of myself as a pretty good Cassante player. Yesterday, I happened to watch a VOD of Bin playing the champion, and I felt like a noob. He was doing things that I never thought of doing in seven months of playing Cassante. What is the approach of these players to the game? It always seems like Korean and Chinese players are constantly doing creative plays and think outside the box, even with less hours on champs than some one tricks. What's the answer, Curtis? Oh, man, this is a very hard question to answer. But uh, okay, so for the Chinese one, I do genuinely have an answer for the Chinese one. I mean... China is a big... Lots of people. Lots of people, right? And so there are going to be freaks, right? There are going to be freaks out there. You know, uh, Mid-Beast talks about that, the Kiana freak, you know, all that. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that's true. They are... They're like engineering a lab to play this one champion and just figure it out. Dude, like, trust me, there's enough people... Right, there's going to be outliers, and that's really what they are. They are outliers. Mm. You know, that Bay Thing is a huge outlier. Mm. Mango Fish, an outlier. Jalambert, an outlier. These one tricks are outliers. Sally the Cast, these are outliers, guys. So you got to remember, like, these outliers, they're just, um, they're out there and they get obsessed. And really, I think this is Bouse. Bouse is an outlier. Mm. Think about it. He's from here. He's a, he, what he innovated with Scion is unique and probably no one had thought about the game like that in the entire world. He's an outlier. He had a, and I'm assuming, and just the way he talks about Remember the game, he, he loves the, the game. He loves the game, yeah. He's, he's curious about the game. He's curious and he's obsessed and he and he doesn't give a shit about what other people think of him. And I actually think this is more, and it objectively is, it's a personality trait. Mm. There are innovators in the world across all domains, right? And there's it is... You know, there's personality tests out. Certain people are not afraid to push the boundary and and trust their instincts. And they're so obsessed and curious about shit. They don't give a they don't give a crap what other people think. They just they get really obsessed about one thing, and they will 
stay it with it for a long period of time. So there's that. But then when you have a mass, a huge population, there are going to be, um, there are going to be people that, that really push the envelope there. I will say another thing, um, I think as well, because the level of play in these servers is so high, you're actually forced to innovate. To if, figure out quicker. To figure, yeah. well, think about it, right? Let's say you are a, again, let's use the example of, um, okay, let's take Aatrox. There's like that really, really good Aatrox player in China who's like just insanely good, right? And uh, I was watching like that, that, there's like a YouTube video, uh, video talking about this Chinese top player. It was like a year ago. And I was like gobsmacked. I was like, wow, like this is some crazy shit. But I thought about it. I'm like, okay, imagine this guy in solo queue. If he loves Aatrox that much and his entire world and passion is Aatrox, right? This guy has to verse other people that are obsessed, but also really, really just good players, right? Mm. That guy's versing Bin. Mm. He's versing like like 369 in solo queue, right? But if he wants to make Aatrox work and he's a one trick, he has to get creative because he's probably getting counterpicked. He's probably, you know, blind picking Aatrox no matter what. He has to use his abilities different, play, ma- figure out how to play this matchup. That's like, right. He's being, pressure makes diamonds. That's right. Pressure makes diamonds. And he's been put in a bunch of uncomfortable situations. He's back against the wall. If I want to play this gem, I got to make it work. I got to do something creative. What do I do? And then, so, uh, of course, I have to use my abilities in a different way. I have to pull the wave in a different way. I have to do different combos, build something different. It just comes out of necessity, really. That's really what that's it comes right. It comes yeah. out of necessity. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a huge part of it. Really. Humans are very good at adapting under, you know, high-pressure situations. And, and it's just solo. It's, it's, and again, the high-level solo queue puts a lot of pressure onto you versus really very good players, and they're forcing you to innovate. It's th- through pure um, necessity. That's all it is. That's right. I, I think, believe anyway. I think that's the answer. Yeah. I think you said that for, for, I think we have both an answer for the, you know, Chinese players have a huge sample size and Korea is, I mean, they still have a pretty big culture and player base of League of Legends. So you, but they have a very, you intense know, solo intense solo queue and there's a lot High of level solo queue. Oh, yeah. And then I also would say there is an element of it snowballing in, in itself where all it takes is maybe one or two people that completely changed the way a champion is viewed and that unlocks a lot of what's capable. And then, you know what I mean? Like, say, so let's say, for example, you take that Cassante player and then he becomes, he say he gets really high rank in China and then maybe the top Korean player watches him play. And now they, now they start, he's now, what's the next, what's the next best thing? How could I even do that better? And then someone in NA, a Cassante player, then watches that guy. And then someone in EU watches that guy and they're all just feeding off each other. And it's just like a mini biome that yeah. people are just <laughs> leveling up yeah. the next, what is the next level? Because again, all it takes is one person to change one's position. Baus has probably unlocked an entire new realm of what's possible thinking in top about lane. the game and that might p- come up with another pick down the line some, or something like some that some 12 year old kid watching that solo queue thing might be thinking oh maybe ca- can i do that with heimerding a top can mm. i do something creative with my turrets mm. or whatever you know who knows mm. there's going to be some other person who's obsessed with the champion that takes some of those philosophies from here maybe he watches that that cassante player that guy plays scion top size bows and then watches that chinese Fuhrer and atrox player takes all of them and then creates something you know it, it's obsession it's um, numbers, num games, and 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 that personality trait as well. Yeah. Because actually, the last thing I will say here, certain people don't give a flying fuck about innovating. I, I for one, don't care. Yeah. I am not an innovator when nope. it comes to champions. I am a copier. I don't think I've innovated anything really with the champion apart from like describing how to play it. Yeah. Like I've innovated coaching methods and I've innovated teaching a champion, but I've never invented. I don't think I've invented anything with a champion, really. I'm sure there are other people out there that are way better, like understand the champs way better than me to a much higher level. 
When I was an Udi at one trick, I, mean, I innovated my specific play, mm. on, play style with Udi. I was the only person in season three of doing that. I think that you're actually Udi. a little bit of an innovator, personally. Yeah. I haven't done it recently, though, with champions. But I think that is your innate personality, in yeah. my opinion. I think you've innovated a lot. Just in your in life with the Salter and the business and all that stuff. Yeah, more on the outside at least. No, but that's because that's what took your attention. That's what yeah. you got obsessed with. But I think your person, even me, no matter what, I don't think I would have innovated, yeah. whereas you definitely would have, I think. Yeah. I think if you were just a, a gamer and you didn't, weren't yeah, really obsessed with coaching, I'll probably come up you with would come some up with stuff. some crazy shit, I feel like. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. I remember, yeah, obsessing over thinking about my Udia builds and how to play Udia back in season three and... My tank Udia. You drew inspiration stance. from your experiences of wow. Wow, and all that yeah, stuff, right? that's right. It all came together. It all came yeah. together. And farming and stuff like and that. And again, it came out of necessity. How do I win? That's right. What's the best way to win? Why do, how do I feel stronger? Mm. It just creates itself. All right, Curtis Clips Corner. Let's get into the details, guys. And welcome, everyone, to Curtis's Clip Corner. So, so Nathan's taken over this Curtis's Clips corner. He's barged in. We're, we're actually in another corner. We're not in my corner this, this time. This is the Nathan Clip We're corner. in the corner underneath the Reddit poster here. Nathan's Reddit poster. Um, so take it away, Nathan. Curtis has now identified me as a Redditor. <laughs> that is my identity. There's nothing wrong with that. All right. Um... So, now, this is a jungle clip, but I really still think this is applicable to uh, any role. And the reason being is that this is such an important question to ask in the game. Why did my teammates die? If you end the, if you go look at a game, let's say you have a 0-15, 15 bot lane, for example, this this clip here that we're going to show... Even though, you know, maybe you know, maybe they're just straight up into and stuff like that, just, just be curious. Just go check. Is there any opportunities I potentially missed to prevent them from going, um, you know, you know, 15 deaths or something like that? There might be some interesting things you'll find. And I find you learn a lot about the game by learning about how your teammates die. And why they die. Why they die. Okay. And this is specifically a really good technique. But if you have the right mindset, right? So it's not like you're you're trying to look at, look, oh, look at these yeah, guys they and suck. they're dying yeah. over and over again. It's more, I need to feel like if, if, if there's ways I could have predicted they were going to die so I could be there. Because when, when people are dying, that means they're fighting, which means they're vulnerable, which means you can fight them. So this kills. is especially, would you say this applies to laners at all or mainly just jungle? I do. Like, I think Steph, Definitely for, um, you know, let's say, let's say for example, you're playing top lane and, you know, with Biopanther, like mm. uh, he talked about, go help the Herald. Like let's say your, your jungler gets killed on the Herald and loses the Herald, like figure out, okay, what's going well, on they, there. They, maybe they, they started going down because they died on a dragon fight and you might, might've been able to be there That's or a mid lane, you maybe yes. could have roamed and Fantastic. helped that fight or whatever it might be. Yeah. Okay. Whenever there's action. Investigate. 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 Okay. All right. So given the clip here. Um, paying attention to the bot lane, the enemy jinx two zero. They've just they've just two v two the bot lane. So this this guy we're watching through the berserk of the nocturne yep. jungle here. Nocturne jungle, right? And the enemy bot lane's already got two kills, two two and okay. right. So he's resetting right now. Got his Dirk first base, really cool. He's level five, like he's he's doing pretty good. He's he's strong as nocturne. Like we're gonna get level three farms. Yeah, three farms nocturne. Yeah. All right, so we're looking at bot right now. His bot lane's very low HP right now. Um, so lots of heavy trading in the 2v2. Lots right of heavy now. trading going on, yeah. And they're getting sort of pushed up here. And brand, the enemy brand missteps, and they end up killing the brand. So there we go. So our quote-unquote, our losing bot lane. So given this context of our bot lane is now um, 
I'd say in terms of kill scores, I mean, it, the misfortunes were zero kills, but Thresh picked up the kill. Uh, the Jinx is still 2-0, but they're even CS, you know? Uh, but the Jinx does have Berserker Reach. She's relatively strong with items, much stronger than the Misfortune. Yeah, the Misfortune has double Longsword, and the Jinx has a Berserkers. Yeah, and two health potions. Okay, so now looking at the situation now here. So uh, for some reason here, the Nocturne goes to War the Dragon. He's like afraid that the Jax... So this is some of a, a very... Uh, so this is a, a bronze for... Okay. This is like bronze game. Bronze game. Um, and he's gone to... Because people are afraid that people are rushing dragons a lot. Okay. That's, and I, I mentioned to him, you know, don't be... You, you should be doing your wolves and your gone right now. Okay. okay. Like, you know, it's completely pointless. So he goes to ward that. And now let's pay attention to bot here, guys. So he's on his Gromp the Nocturne. And let's look at bot here. So we'll, we'll just keep playing it out. But essentially... Um, we won't say what should happen here, so let's just say... So essentially what happened, the bot lane's now shoving out after they killed that brand support. Yep. They're trying to get the wave out and maybe get a reset because they're getting quite low, probably have a little bit of gold as well. Yep. The next wave's coming. Yep. And so the wave hasn't fully crashed. They're scared. Looks like they're trying to get the wave out, but they're scared. So they go to get a low board. HP. Jinx is 1v2 at this point, but she's strong enough to 1v2. Yep. And then Thresh is basing for some reason here. Uh, the Nocturne is now ignoring bot. He's just going to look to kill mid. He burns Ari's ult. And then our misfortune dies. And then also our Thresh dies there. So, okay. so now... Molin dies. As or they, they could have maybe got a reset, but they couldn't get the wave out, so they didn't reset. They both died. And now bot lane is out of control. That was the window. And now his bot lane ends up being 2 and 16. And the enemy jinx is 11 and 2, right? Yep. So what we're essentially doing here, guys, we need to think about, okay, why did Misfortune die? What's a different alternative reality here that I could mm. predict that this was a chaotic situation? Mm. And it's what you said there, because it's as simple as is that Misfortune is low, even though sometimes it's a 1v2 situation, sometimes your laners still need help to get the wave in. So if you came here and he did the Wolves and the Gromp, then came down bot, hovered the wave, Jinx, let's say she starts fighting, you kill Jinx, you deny three waves, bam. Suddenly, you've just turned a losing bot lane into a winning bot lane, and and the the thing I sort of emphasize is that him missing this this one window is changes the game completely, completely. Changes the game completely. This is going back to the small win, yeah, the small, small details, the small details, and it's just purely about just reading when laners are vulnerable. And this is again more, I guess, more jungle fundamental. Um, as we see, you know, he's going back, you know, mid right. And the sign for this would be okay. The bot lane, they're low. They'll try. They, they needed to try and get the wave out. The yep. wave didn't fully crash. Yep. Or it wasn't going to crash. Jinx will one hundred percent fight because she's stronger than them. Yep. Cheaper and and also you're in, you're in bronze here as well as well. Like they're going to fight. So likely that they're going to. Yeah, fight. they're always going to fight. That's right. Um, so yeah, and and because other thing that people's narratives around jungle is, if they see the wave like this, they think it's ungankable because it's mm, like you know. The, oh right, because, I see what you mean. So when the they wave, only so gank when they for push the listeners. Up. So basically, you know, the wave if it's kind of on the enemy side, um, the the Nathan's saying the jungle wouldn't want to gank because it's like oh, it's in a really too close to the spot. tower, too close, too close to the tower. enemy tower. But you can actually use that as a sign of, okay, they might fight. That's and that's right. where lane ganks also yeah. come into play, right? What I teach in as a jungler is that these are more important to gank and be around mm. than when the, the enemy is like near your tower. They're actually more important because right. those are actually more risky situations when you're on tower. They're your, the enemies at your tower because right. you get counter ganks and you can Yeah, because they will have the wave advantage, right? That's right. Usually. And they have, they're fighting the wave as well. Right. So it's a huge perception. You got to really change the way you yeah. think about yep. ganks as a jungler. It's a great little piece of information there. So really important to ask, and there's so much to learn in the situation. Yeah, and what, and what I'm taking away from this is, you know, yes, the specifics are important, but I think it's also the mindset of the review. Yes. Like the mindset in the review. It's like, okay, I can I can either see how I can take responsibility yep. and... Just, or 
or just go to the end and see my score and say, oh, bot diff. Yeah, I mean, and, and you can start there, right? I think that's a great place to start. Like, then we need to use the reverse engineering technique. It's like, okay, my bot lane's 08, or 015 in this case, whatever. How did that happen? Then you go where back, did it get rewind, out of, Where rewind. did it go out of control? How could I potentially prevent that? It, was it or did I contribute to this in any way? Did mm. I accidentally, without even knowing, trade my bot side off? That's a great one. And, and this can, again, anyone can contribute to other people losing. Like a classic one in mid lane is again, we see this. We, I think we had a discussion about this well, maybe last week was as a mid laner, not helping your jungler on the neutral objective. And then your jungler dying on the neutral objective. Yep. They're trying to do rift. You're just sitting there chilling mid. The enemy collapsed, kill your jungler on the rift. Boom, game's different. So in a way you, you, you didn't, like, but you actually contributed by not contributing. Exactly right. Right. And so that's another way. This in. is an example of he didn't contribute. That's right. He contributed by not, not contributing. contributing. That's yeah. right. These are the invisible things in League of Legends that make the game so, again, tying back to the other thing, a complex game. And this is an option that he could have seen. This comes from anticipating. What are the signs? And I love that question as well to tie these in all together. What are the signs here? that the player's going to go this way. Yeah. These signs are all replicable in League of Legends, by the way. You know, these are, those are just some principles. I just be there. Okay, enemy stronger. My bot lane low resources. They can't get the wave in. Need to be there to help. The enemy will fight because they're stronger. I counter gank. I get shut down. I deny three waves. Like, there's so many things there. All those things, principles come together. Why we need to be here. Yep. And you feel a lot better leaving this game, knowing that... I have an opportunity for me I to had get- an opportunity to potentially change this game. That's right. 100%. Lovely. Great little clip there, Nathan. Any other comments, Curtis? That's great. Love it. Mailbag time. Away we go. Jingle, jingle, jingle song. All right. Our first question here comes from Zach. Hello, first name Coach, last name Mott and Curtis Morgan. It's not often Curtis gets exposed for his full name on this podcast. It's uh, Zach Blanksora from the MLA, and I'm writing in to tell you guys I've finally done it. I've reached my long-time goal of Diamond. I've not only reached Diamond, but did so in style. To set the stage, I'm going to... Backpedal a little bit. My first long-time role was ADC, which I've done for most of my time. Spent playing League, Season 4 to Season 11. While playing ADC, I was always able to hit Platinum 4 without fail. However, I would always get to the same hurdle of Platinum 4 and struggle to maintain it season after season. Halfway through Season 11, which was 2021, I made the decision to roll swap from frustration at ADC, thinking the grass was greener in mid lane. Plus, I thought mid lane Academy could help me. I love that that when people switch champs and roles, that's the, that's my favorite saying. The grass is greener on the other side, Curtis. It's, it's a classic saying. Picking up mid lane was hard, and as an ADC main, you don't really know much about the game. All I knew how to do was follow whatever my support wanted to do in lane, farm, team fight, and just follow whatever my team wanted. My worldview was too narrow. I didn't even know what lean in and warding was. However, by the end of the season, I was able to make platinum four in a new role. Same rank as ADC, but I thought it was okay since it was a new role and champs. Season 12 rolls around and I was able to get Platinum 4 again. Although uh, I heavily struggled to get there and maintaining it, even demoting and re-promoting. Around May, when I was still on my way to Platinum 4, I was becoming very tilted about once again reaching the same war. Even after swapping role, I was coming to the same point 
I always have, and even wrote into Curtis about this, which he included my message to him on Broken My Concert episode 99, timestamp at 49 minutes and 46 seconds, if you're interested. Included a screenshot too, if you wanted to take a look at it. Uh, so TLDR, TLDR, I was confident I could reach Platinum 4 again, but was very tilted. I was reaching the same wall again. I lost confidence in my ability to improve. Season 13, 2023, this year. I got Platinum 4 at the very start of the season. Getting placed there and would play on and off. Most of the time I would play on alts if I just wanted to play league, but didn't want to risk it on my main. Fast forward into now, after about a one-month break, I came back and went from Platinum 4 to Diamond 4 in one week. I took a break to due to many factors, like school, work, hanging out with friends, etc., but I knew the real reasons were because I was anxious of queuing ranked, my level of play, and not having the belief I could reach my long-time goal of Diamond. One day, though, uh, through on a whim, I told myself I'll never get better if I don't play and keep fearing failure. So I did exactly that and just started playing. I'm still not exactly sure how I did it and can only hypothesize. I think it was because of me telling myself if I don't play and keep fearing the results, I'll never get better. So every day I would play two to four games, mostly three, and end it there. I didn't do in-depth reviews and only looked at key moments for around five minutes, then ended the review. Moving on to the next game, those key moments I looked at would be in the back of my mind. I would constantly be thinking about it while playing my current game and how to avoid the same mistake. Personally, I think I'm more unique with how I tilt. I don't really get mad or tilted when my team does something bad or have a lot of deaths. I don't feel anything about that. It's kind of whatever. And for chat, you can just mute. However, that tilts me. What tilts me is myself and how I play. So I think by playing in three blocks and keep reviewing... Review short, I was able to keep my mental state in check. Plus, with one month break, I wasn't thinking about those previous narratives I had. All I thought about was playing the game and following the process. I'd like to thank both of you guys, Coach Curtis and Coach Nathan. I was finally able to overcome my plateau and reach my goal of diamond. I've come a long way and it's been almost exactly one year since I sent that DM to Curtis about losing faith in myself. This is such an emotional moment to me, proving to myself... I could do it. It's not even about getting diamond in league. It was about accomplishing a long-term goal that I was never able to do, overcoming adversity and reestablishing faith in my ability to improve. Thank you once again, guys. I'll be working on my next goal of masters and continue to follow the process. It's an interesting one, isn't it? When he wrote that to me, he told me about that. I was very... At first, I was very confused because think about it, how long he's been platinum for mm. and then takes a break, mm. instantaneously comes back one week D4. Mm. That's not a coincidence. No. There's, and, and and like, I mean, before I talk about what I think it is, what's your take on this name? Mm. So players that have been playing the game for a long time, I feel like that they're, they're... So, you know, we talk about sometimes they're the hardest players to coach, but... I don't know, maybe it's just, again, I don't really know a certain type of person like that. Sometimes just like a huge break or just sort of maybe even more of a mature person or have like some, you know, like you have all this game knowledge and muscle memory down. And like, I always say that, you know, specifically like platinum and high players, 
I feel like a lot of people know a lot about, about the game. They're just lazy with their gameplay. That's generally a huge conclusion I have, especially for long-term players. Like, they know all the right things to do. They just can't be bothered doing it, you know, because they just, you know, have narratives <laughs> or, like, generally, like, especially, like, Diamond players are actually really, sometimes the easiest for me to get to master. Yeah. And you have the same experience yep. with, with mid because they know what to do. They just need an extra push and me yep. to be telling them, what are you doing? Wake up. Wake you know, up. Like, yep. Why are you taking a mid-game fight when your strongest member's in base? Like, like why you not you know they're just these tiny things they they got all the mechanics down all that so so the thing is is that this guy is a mechanically good enough player so this is the only my only reason is that he's got good mechanics he just was making really bad decisions so you know how we talk about um you know champ mastery and all sort of stuff in the beginning of the episode he 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 had all that at already a diamond level he just needed to catch up with his discipline in his game and actually playing league of legends properly yeah, I, I would have a very similar take in the sense that I, I think he just wasn't expressing his best self. And I think he was so jacked up as well by other narratives. Like, oh, if I try and fail, oh my God, what's going to happen? Or he, he couldn't get himself to commit to the process as well. I think he was the definition of a fake process and the definition of someone who really, again, couldn't get himself to try because he was afraid of failure, fear of failure as well. And I think like he had that break. He's like, you know, screw it. You know, I'm just going to yeah, do I'm it. I'm just going to do it. I have nothing to lose. I have nothing to yeah. lose. Just, just play the goddamn game and let's see what happens. And it, through him, he, like you, you're absolutely spot on. He had it all there. He has the master memory. He has the mechanics. He has the champ mastery. He just had to literally let his intuition express itself and let play go. with intensity. Yeah, let, let go, go and, <laughs> and express and, and show the world what, what he can do. Yeah. And, and he had a lot of narratives then holding him back and then... For whatever reason, that break allowed him to take a step back, see what how ridiculous his situation was, and just do it. Um, but yes, I think he, you know he's unique in the sense that yes, he was a long term player, and he'd been in the MLA for a while. He knew all the same shit. He knew what to do. That's right. He knew That's what, what to I do. find. These players, they know what to do. They can review a game equally. They just don't do it. Yep. And it probably and it probably was a series of very small things as well. Like like you said, why the hell am I taking this fight when my eighty carries in base? Why the hell am I am I overseeing on the map with two thousand five hundred gold? Like this, is like stuff that I he's probably heard me say a thousand, thousand times. times. Yeah, it's it's like really... I'm actually going to do it mm. for once and <laughs> focus on it. Be focus disciplined. and play discipline League of Legends and see what I can do. Boring is sexy. That's the that's I love Boring that. Sexy, that's my yeah. motto, man, for League of Legends. That's how you get good and be consistent. Yeah, and it just goes to show that you know um, the power of breaks. You know, Tim in the, in the Midland Academy, he's a massive fan of them. He mm. always talks about the significance of breaks um, and spot on. I think for a lot of people out there, if you feel like you're in a rut and, and you don't have the right mindset, sometimes taking, step, taking a, a step back and taking that break, especially if you've been grinding, like if you've been actually grinding for a long period of time, taking a step back goes a long way. That's not for the people who aren't grinding. This is for the people who have been grinding yep. like he was. Yep. So awesome to hear that story. Um Yep, let's keep Amazing. it up. Amazing. Really, now he's, really awesome. Now he's excited for a master tier, so that's really cool to hear. All right, next question here comes from Ghost. Goss. Gossy. I'm not trying to pronounce that. Title of this email is Fatigue in Solo Queue versus Duo Queue. Nathan and Coach, do you have any experience with this phenomenon of being able to play more than a dozen games in a single session with a duo with no problem, but when it comes to Solo Queue, I can barely play more than one game? 
I just feel lethargic or exhausted when it's solo queue. How can I transfer the energy I feel from duo to solo? I feel like a completely different person in each setting in terms of emotions I feel and the energy levels. In solo queue, I tend to focus more and perform better and big players feel like the business as usual and teammates griefing is a little more distressing even though I mute all and never type. In duo, I don't really care about losing or griefing and I limit test more and big players feel more fun. I could do that all day. Even if I play on a throwaway Smurf account, I can only play one game in a session. I simply can't adopt the limit test mentality when I'm solid. I'm not sure why. Hmm. Well, I'm going to, you know, hypothesize here for a second. Mm. I think there is some severe stage four stuff going on there in terms of, you know, he's, you know, you like to say, Nathan, um, you know, every game of solo queue is just another day in the dojo, right? another game in the dojo. He's making a huge event out of, he's playing every, every solo queue game for him is, is like game five of a world series. That's right. Yeah. You know, that's really for him what it is like, at least in its current state, like this is, you know, he's coming with that mentality. This is it. Like I got it. Like it's all on me here. I'm taking I don't have my duo to rely on. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I've got, yeah, I've got, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm serious now. You know, it's he's making this huge big deal of it, and it's 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 not meant. It's it's okay. I kind of view it as like there's physically exhausting, there's mentally exhausting, and then there's emotionally exhausting. I think for him, it, his emotions are sucking up all that energy. It's emotionally yes. exhausting, That's which is right. taken away from playing him. the game itself. Is the emotions? It's and the, the emotional. Event. It's the event itself. We talk about the solo queue anxiety cycle. Every game he plays of duo, he's avoiding the solo. Spot on. And he's building up that anxiety, building that anxiety instead of facing it head on and just being like, I'm just and gonna it's play becoming a bigger and bigger and bigger event. Yeah. The more, ev- basically, the, every duo game that you play from now on is going to make it increasingly harder. That's right. And the more solo queue you play and the less duo queue you play, the easier solo queue will become. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, we're heavily against Duoku with the improvement of the game. Um, we've talked about it many times on this podcast. So we won't revisit it. But I just want to just really just emphasize that, you know, rocking up and doing the work by yourself it's and, play, and improving in League of Legends, it's a pretty, like, lonely process, but it's rewarding, you know? Like, you know, it's, it's you know, at the end of the day, no one else is playing the the game except you're the one that playing it. You know, it's really important, I think, to br- embrace that. That's your your personal journey. And it's just a very lonely... And some people don't like that. Some people just yeah. like playing with friends. That that's means right. that, you know, the competitive game for you, like, you know, maybe it's not for you. That's just the reality, potentially. Yeah. But I think that's a really exciting... You know how people ought to say, it's like, as you're, like, growing up, it's important to, like, learn to be alone and be by yourself. It's like a... It's like a maturity thing. And it's a conv- and developing self-confidence. Yeah, self-confidence yeah. and stuff like that, right? So that's the way I view it. It's like a, yeah, it's just a personal journey. And I love that it's part like about It's like a diary. It's like a journal, you, you know? You've got to face your own demons, you know? Yeah. You're just, you're just, you're basically dishing all your problems onto someone else. You know, you're joking. You're, sh- you're like, yeah, exactly. You're sharing that mental baggage or emotional baggage with someone else. Yeah. Is that, what's that word called? Codependency or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Codependent. It's so, like yeah. the Lee version of codependence. Right. Yeah, rather than being independent. Yeah. Like, you, let's say in the game, you have someone, let's say someone's playing a bit poorly and that you can, or you play poor, it's like, ah, oh, it's like you have that to vent to someone else in the, yeah. you know, rather than... And it's than, like, again, he's act, that, that duo is in a way, he's like emotional support. Yes, right. And yes. There, should be, there should be no need for an emotional support anyway. Nope. That means, again, he's over-emphasizing how scary Solik you actually is. You're spot on, yeah. 
So it's going to be a tough one for him. You know, he's going to have to. I mean, this what is going to take ages to get over. What he needs to do is simple. But in terms of... Oh, it's incredibly it's difficult. It's yeah. going to be hard for him. He's dug himself a bit of a hole here. Yeah. I remember I remember reading something about... Um, oh, it was ages ago. Something about like, if you're like a, a meth uh, addict or something like that, and getting off the meth... <laughs> this is an extreme example, okay? I thought it was interesting. Was like, is like so difficult. Like you would have to be like... Um, like a genius, like solving all these like problems, something like that. Like uh, I think the guy that used the reference, like you have to be Elon Musk trying to solve, like, you know, get into Mars or something like that. Like that is so difficult to get off once you've built that habit. Right. Um, it's, it's just unbelievable. I thought that was so interesting because mm. obviously, you know, because we, you know, haven't done that habit, right? So we just sort of not really, you know, it's not part of our lives and all that. So it's like, you know, we don't, don't understand that. <laughs> yeah, but once no. you build that habit, it's, it's really, it's really bad. It's really up yeah. to <laughs> I don't want to begin to The BBC podcast always just takes me about 180 sometimes. Have you noticed? It's like a mad thing of meth It just takes me 180. I'm like comparing duo cures. I think that's how I view it sometimes, dude. Sometimes I do. Come on, man. We need to stay in our lane. We don't know what the fuck we're talking about. This podcast is so good. You know nothing about what it is to be a meth you don't know a meth addict? No, I don't know. You so know funny. nothing. That's we need to stop talking about shit we don't know about. Yeah. Like, I got roasted for talking about chess, and I got I learned a lesson there, you <laughs> yeah. know? Uh, that's, that's the, that's the, we only know one thing, Nathan. We're very simple, right? We're very simple. We, we, know, yeah. we know how to coach jungle and mid yeah. and League of Legends, right? We yeah. need to stay in our goddamn lane. I think it's exciting, though. I think taking a complete 180, like, that keeps our viewers on edge. Like, what fucking crazy yeah, what thing shit are we gonna is Nathan O'Connor going to be saying? Yeah, I you know what I mean. Know. Just like comparing, like like sometimes we're just grasping we just grasping no, straws no, and analogies. Yeah, we try to we get a bit excited with our metaphors and our analogies. You know, That's what was right. that one that I used about terrorism? <laughs> that was, was on the couch. terrorism, right? Yeah, what was that? I can't remember. I can't remember what it was, it was for, but you I spoke about terrorism, like the fact that the word terrorism is used in the League of Legends podcast. I mean, Solid makes no sense. Like, what the fuck are we doing here, Nathan? Oh, that is the funny. I do remember that episode. It was on the couch. People like still meme it to this day. <laughs> yeah. I've heard memes. Really? Yeah, in, in, in the Discord. Oh shit, that's funny. <laughs> you know, someone's gonna do. You know how someone did that video, <laughs> kind of splicing together all the things we yeah, said about like e-girls of, and stuff. Yeah, out someone's of gonna do that with like meth addicts and then like <laughs> like terrorism. Yeah, it's League Legends podcast. Yeah, it's pretty silly. Oh shit! All right. I'm gonna struggle with this last question now, Curtis. But yes, it's 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 tough for that guy. Yeah. You know, you've heard it here first. It's as tough as getting off meth. <laughs> oh god. All right, the next one here is two questions. I'm gonna struggle through this one for Nathan's mailbag and longtime BBC follower. Um, this is from. LGX is the title. Um, sorry, is the, is the person here? I should have the timestamp there. I'm thinking about the timestamp for that segment of the podcast. Like Nathan talks about being a meth addict or something. <laughs> That's like perfect. That. Good done. <laughs> We're locking it in, Eddie. Oh god. I followed you guys since day one of the podcast and followed Curtis's channel since January 2020. Just two months after I started playing the game. That's a good way to start the game. There you go. Straight into um, thinking intentionally about improving in the game. 
Even after I quit League temporarily to pursue a career in Valorant and consequently stopped listening to the BBC, a lot of the ideas that you guys preached helped me a ton in my journey in Valorant, where I became a high-level player and a professional analyst for a team here in Brazil in 2022. Wow. Cool. I quit Valorant this year, however, for some external reasons, and I quickly got back to League and to following you guys. It has been a joy to go back and listen to all the episodes I missed, and funnily enough, I came across a lot of conclusions similar to the ones that you have come to in League about the process of learning and improving competitive games. One of the first episodes I listened to after coming back was the Chess vs. League one. Oh, God. Where you mentioned that no one had ever documented their whole life journey of improving in League of Legends, and this reminded me of an idea I had for a long, long time. Well, that's at least that's the takeaway ah, that's from the episode. Gross. That's a good takeaway. But I was going to get roasted for a second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, since 2020, I had been cooking in my mind a concept for a YouTube series where I would pick a game and grind it until I got high elo, or at least some stipulated rank goal, and jump to the next game, showing my progress methods, obstacles, and every other part of the journey. That episode inspired me to finally execute on this idea, and I have the goal of grinding to Platinum or Diamond this year and Master by the end of next year. I spent the past month preparing for this journey, setting my routine, starting the process, and writing the script for the first episode. I'm far from releasing it, but I'll keep you guys updated on my progress on it. So that's awesome. That's awesome to hear. That's that's cool. That's really cool that we're going to have a you know that video, the chess version. That's what we wanted. Someone to make a chess version of someone starting the league journey from scratch, climbing to diamond master, which is sort of the what she did in equivalent to chess mm. in two years. I think it was two years. It was two years. Yeah. I can't remember. I have two questions for you about League, meanwhile. The first is about a stage four problem I have with Tilting. I'm very calm and logical player overall, and I always had a good mentality for grinding and not caring about the other players, only about me versus myself. But I constantly find myself tilting with my own errors and sometimes I'll completely lose my mental after something quote-unquote stupid, like mechanically misplaying a 1v1 in mid and throwing a lead for it or an important skirmish team fight that leaves someone in the other team super fed. How should I deal with this problem? So to answer that question first, yep. I think that's a good... I don't think it's actually a problem. I genuinely think if you're getting really up... Like, yes, tilting and losing the game is obviously bad, but I've been through this experience as well. I feel like that's how I learned really quickly. I, I was aware of how game losing my mistakes was. It affected my rest of my game, but over the long run, over the long run, that helped me improve. That's my genuine. So I actually think it's not a problem. I think it's great to be starting with that. Mm. What do you think, Curtis? Well, I'm. Take. I could see that going bad, obviously. Mm. Well, I, I, I'm fifty fifty on this one. I, I think there is an element of, of. I think it is a good sign that you are frustrated. I think that that is a positive. How frustrated? Like where you are in that spectrum? Um, what are you? What are you thinking about, thinking dude? <laughs> what are you thinking? I just think about our, our little uh, our little talk okay. before. Yeah, okay. let's let's just move on. I told you this was going to be hard. Okay, we're, we're struggling here. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, you're messing me up here. So, so okay, so yeah, you're not. It could be okay. There's way. levels, right? There's like levels. you know, um, there is. Okay, I am not frustrated at all which i think is a problem in itself because it yep. means that you probably don't care enough or you don't understand the consequences of your actions there's like you know we, you know there's so there's like rare and all like and then there's like medium rare and all that you know and then yep. you're overcooked right oh, you yeah. want to be somewhere yes, in the medium I rare like in the middle yeah. right what's well, it's not overcooked what is it called well done well done you don't want to be a well done steak you want to be a medium rare in there in that middle range right and so ultimately if you're overcooked or if you're like well done um, you're going to 
you're going to over-exaggerate the issue, right? And you're going to lose your mind and yep. you're going to, that's where, that's where um, you're not going to be able to play the next game. You're not going to be able to complete a block. You're going to over-exaggerate that problem. You're going to lose your mind, right? So I think there is an element of frustration that needs to be there, but it can't be too much. Now, where I think you can find that balance is this is where you've got to simultaneously understand that, okay, the early, these errors are definitely contributing to my losses, but there are still things I can do to win the game. And league is a fucking hard game and I'm going to make mistakes. So it's interesting, isn't it? Because you've got to understand simultaneously that I'm going to make mistakes because the game is hard. Uh, it's unavoidable, but you've got to try and strive to not make mistakes. So you've got to really wrestle with all these ideas. Yeah. So you're going to make mistakes. It's inevitable. Um, but you can't be complacent about making those mistakes because if you're complacent and you don't care about those mistakes, you're not emphasizing those mistakes, you're not going to improve. That's right. So you've got to find that middle ground. You've sort of got to build a toolkit to deal with it. You've sort of got to have like something to repeat yourself like that's what i love to do is like okay i made my plenty of my end of room mistakes but what's next where's the enemy opportunity what's next that's, that's right that spot on that's it. where the toolkit really comes into play so so that's where also the solo queue contract really pays dividends because then you can be like okay my solo queue contract i wrote i'm going to make some game losing mistakes i'm gonna get frustrated but it's a journey it's a process i'm i'm gonna learn from these situations i'm gonna develop my intuition um and then i'm just gonna i'm gonna you know trust the process that i am gonna get better over time um, so yeah, the solo queue contract really comes into play. Asking high quality questions when you get frustrated, uh, making peace with your blocks and your mistakes. Stop smiling at me. Dude. <laughs> you're making, you're going to make me laugh. I just keep thinking how ridiculous the, the podcast went in our last question. Yes. Dude, I let's just keep cracking. Trying to help this guy, man. I know. I know. Um, we, we give him good information. I think. And, and, um, you just need to not look at me. <laughs> you just completely threw me off here. Okay. Um, <laughs> God damn it. All right, he's got another question here. He just here. ruined it. This guy's got... This is it. He's, he gets one answer, right? He's, he's probably sat here waiting for this answer for months. Yeah. And this is what we do. This is how we treat him. It's unfortunate timing. I feel sorry for this guy. Come on, man. All right, let's do his next question. Wait, wait, wait. Last thing I will say about that is... So, so, yes, you need to develop your toolkit. And so, so the red flag there is if you're getting so frustrated that it's bothering you in future blocks, future games, that's a sign that you're not making peace with your blocks and you need to empty that recycle bin. You've got to delete the task manager. Love it. All that. Empty the task manager, all Good. that shit. Um, so, yes, there's that. That's, that's my little piece of advice there. <clears throat> all right. So, the other question here I have is about changing my role for AD Carry. I currently play mid and it's the role I'm most experienced with, but my current main is just star to mid. I love mid as a role, but I also love the mechanics of the ADC champions. I know I can play both roles at the same level, gold one, but I'm less experienced with ADC and I recognize that I suck at playing the 2v2 fights in bot and I don't understand matchups or the damage of most uh, AD carries, but I don't care about my current rank and I know I could grind with either role, but I also know that... The earlier I pick one, the better for my journey. I just can't decide which one I should go with. Should I spend a week or two doing the full process, but only playing ADC to experiment with a role, or should I keep rotating between the two until I can decide which one I prefer? Yeah, you just got to go with your gut, man. Yeah, What's we, your gut tell you? If this you're is, really honest with yourself. I think this was the mailbag question in episode 148. We talked Don't about... Don't think about it. You shouldn't have to think no. about it. It's a feel question. It's an emotional question, right? You don't think logically about something that is like a feel-oriented thing. What, 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 what feels right? Yeah? I mean, he's talking a lot about... He likes 80 carry mechanics. You just fucking play 80 carry, man. Yeah. I mean, sounds right to me, but again, only he will know. Yeah, if he really likes mid, but you know, I, 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 
if you like 80 carries, then probably it's best to play bot lane. Yes. You Makes can, more sense. Just, your journey's just going to be way easier. Yep. That's right. Um, one thing I would want to say about this guy, you know, there was a bit of a, a red flag there. In his post, he was talking about like writing a script. Honestly. For a video. For his video. Oh, for his first video. For his yeah, first video. Absolutely All right, not. my advice, if you're going to make videos and you're going to do this and you do it properly, it needs to be messy. And I'm just going to hear straight, we, me and Nathan have done the whole content creation. No matter how much you prepare, no matter how much you practice in front of a mirror or in a camera, no matter how great you think your video is, it's going to suck, right? It's going to be shit and you're going to cringe looking at it a year later. So you might as well just get it out there Throw a bunch of shit at a wall. I can't even. I can't even look at my old Juju videos. No. And don't you dare look at my old Juju videos. And if you do that, I'll find you. I'll hunt you down because my old Juju videos. I can't do it. Yeah. Right. But I'll leave them up there because I love documenting the journey. It's yeah. Awesome I'll look back see. one day. Yeah. After a few drinks, and then you know you I can't look it. at it sober. That's for sure. You need a couple. Of it's drinks. really not good. Yeah. So um, he needs to. You know what you need to do, man, is just send it. You really just got to send it, and it's got to be scrappy. And then through doing that, you'll learn. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, I could probably say that a little bit better. I could probably do this a little bit better. That doesn't make sense. And you you learn by doing. You don't learn by thinking. You learn by doing. That's my biggest piece of advice if you're going to make content. Straight up. Yep. Good advice, Curtis. That's a good good pick up there. All right. That's it. We made it through the episode, made Curtis. Yes. It was a struggle at the end. But we got there. Yeah. Any final um final tidbits? Final tidbits. Um That's it, man. We only know listen to us when we hear us talk about shit that isn't League of Legends, just tune out. That's right. It's it's a good strategy. That, skip that's, forward, that's the come back. That's the toolkit to deal with Curtis and Nathan's just shenanigans. Yeah, that's right. On the Broken My Content podcast. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, you're going to have fun with the timestamps, Curtis, yep. this episode. Good work, guys. Let's keep on improving, and we'll see you next time.